Thanks for listening to the Last Days Podcast with Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. To stay connected, please check out the River of Tri-Cities Church on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or online at riveroftricities.com. The Last Days Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here's Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. It is as, it is, I mean, you are loaded with the anointing like a machine gun. shots you have to fire the anointing is there for you but most believers are only prepared for one shot they're like a they're like somebody that you take for the first time at the gun range it's so hilarious you watch these people they get the they're 22 in the hand Come on, just, just aim at the target. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Just calm down, calm down. I am calm. No, you're not. You're going to kill somebody next to you. <laughs> Who? No, 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 good. We already got there. <laughs> if you're ever next to somebody and they're learning, just tell them to keep the thing pointed straight ahead. Don't distract them. That's a dangerous thing. And they shoot it, and they go, did I hit? I said, we don't know what you hit. (laughs) It must have been such a clean shot, it didn't even leave a mark. It's like, no, you, you missed everything. And believers starting off, they, they're just, they're, they're, you, need to, you, need to, you need to work on your accuracy in using the anointing. You need to work on your accuracy in using the anointing and being led by God. How about starting off with your family? You want to you wanna go and you want to be sent to the nations... But, you're, but, but you won't even pray for your spouse. Wow, we got quiet again there, didn't we? Look at that. Look at that. Pastor Todd, I'll go with you to the nations. Do you pray for your spouse? No. <laughs> Why? They don't think anything will happen. Why don't they? Because they don't see the manifestation of, your, of it in your life anywhere, anywhere else. If you see the manifestation of the presence of God in somebody's life, you're going to respect it. Because that's God. It's not them. And when you speak by the Spirit of God, people should know there's a difference. Now, in my house, I am, I am her husband, and I am my boy's father. And there's some things that sometimes I can say, and, you know, and it's just like, well, this is my, this is my husband talking, and sometimes the boys are, well, that's, that's dad. He's, you know, he's just being himself. But then there's, there's times where this is what God's saying. And there's a difference in it. For sure. She said, for sure. There is a difference. And when I speak by the power of God and by the anointing, everything changes. And you have to learn how to tap into that anointing and see things change. And it doesn't mean that the atmosphere, everything has to be absolutely perfect. 
I get calls all the time. My wife gets calls all the time, and you know we're trying to deal with things and all kinds of stuffs going on. And you know sometimes we're here at church, sometimes we're we're at the house, and and you know things are happening. You're dealing with all kinds of all kinds of different stuff, trying to take care of things in the natural. Anybody ever take care of things in the natural? And suddenly there's a spiritual need. Oh, what do what do you have to do? Everybody, shut up! I have to pray for someone. Shut your mouth. This person needs a miracle. You're clowning around over there. I gotta get a hold of God. This person could die. No, just find a quiet space. Go in, go in the toilet. I don't mean sit on the toilet. I'm not talking <laughs> Go in the bathroom. Go in the bathroom. If I call you and you're on the toilet, don't answer the phone. Just don't answer. Just, just call me back later. Sorry. And you don't even have to tell me what you're doing. Just like, sorry I couldn't take the call. I don't want all that. But you, you have power and you have authority, but you have, to, you have to walk in that power. You have to walk in that authority. That's given to you. Whether you're in the kitchen, whether you're in the garage, whether you're in the bathroom, it doesn't really matter. God has anointed you and has anointed you to destroy the works of the enemy. And until you begin to operate in that assignment that you currently have, God can't move you into another assignment. And people have to see that you are led by the Spirit of God. Otherwise, they'll just argue with you. You get arguments because people don't see the real. People will argue until they see the manifestation of the real. They'll give you flack. They'll make fun of you. doesn't matter. Let them make fun of you. Doesn't matter. Let them say whatever they want. Let them cuss you out. When they get done, say, Are you done? God sent me here. And I know what's what's supposed to happen right now. God has God has something supernatural in store. But you have to begin to operate as a believer who knows the word of God. You have to operate in the power of the anointing. And it's not just it's not just one thing that you come against. And then everything's fine. No, no, no. Any more than it happened that way with Jesus. Jesus rebuked the devil with the word. And then it says the devil takes him up to a high mountain, verse 5. Yeah, open your Bibles back up. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this power will I give thee. And the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus didn't say, you're a liar. That's not true. He didn't say that. Because the devil was speaking a little bit of truth. 
Because Adam had committed high treason and had given the dominion and the power that God had given him over to Satan. Adam had committed high treason. And so the enemy had some right there. But his power was not greater than the power of God. And Jesus in verse 8 answers and said, Get behind me, Satan. For it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Oh, so the second, the second test. The devil's still around though. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down from here. For it's written, he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they'll bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. All of these were real temptations that Christ went through. One you'll see was the lust of the eyes. One was the lust of the flesh. And the third one was the pride of life. Because everything the enemy uses to test you and tempt you falls into one of those three categories. And Jesus was tempted, the Bible says, on all points as we are, yet without sin. And so he was tested in these areas. And Jesus, verse 12, said unto him, it said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It was a temptation, otherwise he wouldn't say it was. It was a temptation. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Is that what it says in verse 13? And, and then probably not in, in, your, in your Bible, but, but I have kind of like between the lines here, 13b, and Jesus was worn out and needed to take a drink of a beer. <laughs> it's just like, that was too much there. I got to go flesh out a little bit. A lot of people think that because I because I, I passed all these tests and everything like this, then I can just kind of flesh out here. No, no. Jesus increased in strength and increased in power. It didn't say he was worn out because of the temptation. Does it say that in your Bible? He was worn out. He couldn't handle it anymore. He was, he was ended. He was finished. Woo! I'm done with this. No. He said, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. He increased because he used the anointing. And with God, whatever you use increases. Whatever God gives you and you begin to put it out there, it will come back to you. And you will increase in power. Believers don't increase in power because they don't use what they've got. They just want to go to another service and have more hands laid on them when they didn't do anything with the last anointing they got. What'd you do with the last touch you had? Well, I shook. I rolled. I yelled. Ah! I did a dance. I ran around the church. I swung from the chandeliers. Good luck with that. No, that's, that's, not what, that's not what you're anointed for. You're anointed to destroy the works of the devil. God has anointed you to set captives free. You're believers. Go heal the sick. Go cast out devils. 
Well, there's no devils. It's the United States. I bet there's one that lives within 100 feet of you. Cast out devils. Cast out devils. You can take another poll. Well, in the same poll. How many devils have you cast out? They won't, they won't even answer you. They'll just punch you. And you'll go, okay, well, that's one I need to cast out. <laughs> You've got that Hamas devil, that violence devil. <laughs> Allow the anointing to manifest through you so people's lives can be touched and changed. And then it said, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. There went out a fame through him in all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. It didn't say just one synagogue. Jesus went through. It was just like he was going from synagogue to synagogue to synagogue. And as he would walk in, people, oh, Jesus, come in and teach us. The anointing was welcome because it was manifest. People's lives were being changed. They were learning. And he came to Nazareth. Coming back home. Coming back home because he hadn't been home. He'd been out on the trail where nobody knew him. And where nobody knew him, they welcomed him and they welcomed the anointing. But then he came back home where everybody knew him. Came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, this day. He's not even standing up before them. He went and he sat down on the side. He gave, he gave, he gave the scroll to the minister, just handed it, and he went and he sat down next to him. And then, as he's sitting down, not even in a position of authority, not even standing before the people in a, in a way that you know, people would get offended because he, he's sitting down. And he says here, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And then they said, wait a second. Well, it didn't say wait a second, but I said that. Is, is not this Joseph's son? Wait a second. This is somebody we know. This is Joe and Mary's kid. And he said, you will surely say to me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we've heard done in Capernaum, do here also in thy country. 
And he said, now listen to this. Now he's just sitting down to the side here. But the anointing, he's anointed to speak. Verily I say to you that no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth that many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three and a half years. Great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent except unto Sarepta, city of Sidon. Unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elisha's the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard those things, were filled with wrath. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. It was like, I'm on an assignment. You heard what happened in Capernaum when I was there. You've heard elsewhere what happened by the anointing. But here, there's no respect for the anointing. There's familiarity. And he said, this reminds me of a scripture in the Bible. Where Elijah was sent to a little widow woman. He was kind of living out of the way. She wasn't one of the Jews. But God sent the prophet Elijah to her and sustained her. 1 Kings 17. Because Elijah was on an assignment. And the power of God is manifest on assignments. Elijah could not choose who he went to. A lot of people think I'm anointed and I can just do whatever I want with the anointing. No, that's incorrect. Learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you will see supernatural results continually. It's not that God is short on assignments. But God wants to see if you'll be led. And if you will do whatever he tells you to do. If you will go where he sends you to go. This is where many believers miss it in their learning. In their training. They do whatever they want to do with the anointing. Understand that the anointing is God's power. And God will teach you how to use his power. It's not yours to do with whatever you want to do. Many years ago, I was asked to do a revival up in, I think it was Big Rapids, Michigan. And this pastor had heard from a few other pastors about what was happening and in our meetings, and, and, and he said, well, I want you to come, and I want you to, I want you to do this revival, and, and, uh, and I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. I felt, I felt led by the Holy Spirit to go there, and I thought, I thought I was going there 
for a revival. The assignment was not the church. The assignment was not the revival, actually. The assignment actually ended up being one person whose life had to be transformed. But I went thinking this is why I'm going, is for this revival. And I got there and the pastor didn't have a lot of experience in ministry, but he wanted, he wanted there just to be a big show. And he said, now listen, he goes, I've heard how you minister and everything like that. He goes, so he goes, like, like, will you, like, will you, will you, will you do some, like, some word of knowledge stuff? He goes, like, like, you know, it's kind of like read people's mail. He goes, can you do that? Can you do some of that? Will you do that? And will you, will you, can you, can you, like, do some healings and do some miracles and things like that? He goes, that's what I, that's what I need you to do. I looked at him. I said, dude, are you serious? I was, I was thinking the guy's joking with me or something like that. Because it was, like, such an immature thing. And he was totally, no, 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 no. No, I need, you, I need you to do that stuff. Can you do that stuff? I said, well, all of those things can be done. And all of those things are done. I said, but it's only as God wills. It's not as you ask. This is not a pop machine. You put in a couple quarters and you push the button and out comes the can of Coke. This is not that. This is as the Spirit wills. And so the Holy Spirit will decide. Well, I thought, I thought I could bring you in and you would just do, do some things that I want you. I know. I'm not, a, I'm not a performing animal. No, it has nothing to do with that. I said, so you got to get, get out of that. It took him a couple days to get in the flow, actually. He just, I just let him sit to the side. Because he had to learn some things by the Holy Ghost. And God would move in the services and everything. But it was exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. He would tell me the first couple of nights, well, I, 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 hope we, I hope we see a couple of miracles tonight. You think we'll see a couple of miracles? Do you think we'll see some miracles? I'd look at him and say, probably not. Probably not. But he might heal an ingrown toenail or something like that. If you have an ingrown toenail, that's a serious thing. But you don't just push and, and get whatever you want. But the assignment really that I was there for was, was, was a man by the name of Chris whose life had to be drastically transformed by the power of God and he had to be reinstated in the plan that God had for his life. I'm not going to get into the, the whole story. But there were some major, major changes that had to take place. And that was actually my assignment there in Big Rapids, Michigan. Not for the, not for the whole church. It's for one person. When Elijah in 1 Kings 17, you understand there was a drought, there was famine. Don't think that there was just one person that had a need. It was in the whole area. He could have gone throughout Israel and found so many people who needed a miracle, who were at the end of everything. God didn't send Elijah except for that one lady. That one lady. Who most people would have thought, she's not deserving. She's not one of us. But God knew who would obey. God knew who needed to be sent. And who needed to receive. Because God had a plan. 
God had a plan. And when that woman obeyed, who said, you know, hey, all I've got is a little handful of meal, a little bit of oil in a cruise, and I'm just going to make a little bit of bread. My son and I, we're going to have our last meal, and we're going to die. He's like, all right, cool. All right, bring me some first. The audacity. The audacity. The selfishness for somebody to use their position to be able to benefit themselves at the expense of somebody else's life. But God knew that this one woman actually would obey the word of God. And because she obeyed and she did what the word of the Lord was and took care of the man of God, she and her household, it says, ate many days. The Hebrew word is yom, Y-O-W-M. It meant for many days, for years. As long as there was famine, there was always food in her house. It says she and her household. I honestly probably think that her household grew during those days. If you're the only place that has food, I guarantee you people are, Mama! Who are you? Ah, I'm your child. She adopted a lot of people. You're not my child. You're 20 years older than me. I'll be your kid for a pancake. (laughs) She and her household did eat many days. All of those places. It wasn't Elijah didn't get to pick where he wanted. Elijah was on assignment by God. And the anointing worked as long as he did what the Spirit of God says. Just like Jeremiah, I'll put my words in your mouth. You speak what I say. Don't look at their faces. You know, Elijah had to do the same thing. I can't look at that lady's face. I feel so sorry for her. Understand when God's using you, sometimes you, you, your, your flesh or your soulless realm will try to say, hey, 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 come on, back off. No, no, no. When you have a word from God, you just, this is what God says. This is it. This is the word of the Lord. Well, can we make a deal? No. This is not let's make a deal. This is the word of God. This is the only way it is. And then he said, you know what? Then Naaman, the leper, he came. There were, there were, and that's in 2 Second Kings 5. There were, there were lepers all throughout the land. Naaman wasn't the only leper. But the Lord sent on assignment the prophet of God. Said, this is what you do. Give him this word. Give him this word. If he'll go and he will dip himself seven times in the Jordan. And Naaman even argued. You read it in the thing. He argued, hey, come on, Jordan, it's nasty. Sturdy. Anybody ever been to the Jordan River? If you look at the Jordan River, it is not a river you want to get any in, in at all. It is nasty. It is dirty. It is muddy. It's not one you look at and you go like, oh, I'd love to be baptized in there. Because actually, you don't want in here. You're going to come up dirty. 
It's nasty. You can't see anywhere in it. The whole thing, just rolling with mud. And so when the prophet said to Naaman, here's the word of the Lord, go dip seven times in the Jordan and you'll come up clean, skin like a baby. And he goes, wait, 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 wait a second again. There's a whole lot better rivers to dip in. How about the Abana? How about the Farfar? Those are clean rivers. Why the Jordan? Come on. Deal or no deal? No, this is it. This is the word of the Lord. This is what you have to do. The Jordan or forget it. In the natural, in the natural, if you're not on assignment, you'll say, well, just, okay, I guess that probably doesn't really matter. Just do it, whatever. No, no, no. This is what you must do. Because you have to be, as a believer, you have to do the word of God. When God speaks to you and says, this is his word, you tell people, this is the word of God. Well, can I, can I, do, can I do this? No, no, no. This is what the word says. Well, how about this? No, that's not the word. This is what the word says. Stick with the word, people. Stick with the word. You say, well, it probably doesn't matter. I say it does matter. Because the word is what is anointed. Amen. The word is what destroys the yoke of bondage. Amen. And if you won't learn to use the word and, and rely upon its power, just, just the very basic word. And you don't even have to have it memorized. You can just read this. Hey, hey, I want to read this to you. This is what the Bible says, and I'm going to read this to you, and this is what you need to do. You just need to receive this. You need to obey it. Will you do that? Well, I don't know. What's the word? Okay, this is what the word says. And you read the word of God. Well, 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 well how, about, how about just part of it? No, no, you've got to do it all. You've got to do it all. And God will change everything. But if you will learn in your everyday life, how to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, see that person across the parking lot right there? I want you to go pray for them right now. Well, I don't, I don't know them, God. I do. I want you to go over there. I want you to pray for them. I want you to tell them that I've sent you. And I want you to tell them that the word of God says this. And you walk up to them and say, hey, hey, God, just a moment here. I, I've got something I need to say to you. I know you don't know me. And I want you to think I'm not, you know, not wanting to creep you out or anything like that. But I have something on my heart that I need to say to you. The Bible says, and you, you speak what God says. And I don't know anything about your life, but it, that has to do with something that you're going through right now. And God wants to change it. Can I pray with you? Very simple. You say, well, Pastor Todd, should I use the gospel soul winning script? Well, you can. But you have to complete your assignment. And if God sends you to somebody, don't insert something before what he told you to do. If God sends you to somebody and God says, I put my words in your mouth... You don't put something in front of it. Well, first of all, I've got to do this because this is... The, no, 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 no. That's, then that has become a religious structure to you. Now, I believe in the gospel soul-winning script. But when God gives me a word, the word is all that matters. And I don't deviate from the word of God. And if I need to, if I need to go and I need to do that then, that's fine. Because when God manifests and his power begins to work, I want to tell you, the easiest thing in the world is to get him saved. 
You don't have to go through the whole script and just pray with me right now. You're going to give your life to Jesus Christ. Absolutely, I want to. But I want you to understand this. You can read on your own time in 1 Kings 17 and 2 Kings 5 about those two stories. But there are assignments that God has for ones that are here tonight. And he's wanting to do more through each and every single person here. But he said, I need for you to listen more closely to what I'm saying to you. And I need for you to obey precisely in what I send you to do. And not make excuses. What the Lord spoke to me, he said, learn to follow the assignments that the Holy Spirit gives. Listen to him. Obey his word. And he will promote you. Listen to him. Obey his word. And he'll promote you. And he'll do it right where you are. You don't have to look for promotion over there or over there. Some people scouting for promotion. You're scouting for positions. You're scouting for this thing and that thing. And I want to tell you, you're just being led by your head. And you are so messed up. So messed up. And the sad thing is you don't even know it. You're messed up and you don't know it. And all you need to do is just follow the Holy Ghost. And just let him lead you. And God desires to use you in very, very powerful ways. But you've got you've to pass the test consist, consistently. Consistently. All right, God spoke to me today. And I'm going to do this. It might be something very simple. God told me to... Bake a cake and take it to my neighbor three doors down. I don't think I've ever even talked to that person before. I don't even know what they look like. But Lord, you told me to do that. I'm going to do it. And you show up. You say, hey, I, I have a cake for you. They go, who are you? I live three doors down from you. And I really felt in my heart that I was supposed to bake this cake for you. Oh. You know what? That reminds me. And then then, everything opens up. Because God gives you keys to people's lives. But you have to learn to obey when you don't understand. When nothing makes sense. And when you're in your completely uncomfortable zone. Lord, this is weird. No, it's not weird. It's supernatural. And God will do through you the supernatural. I'll tell this one story and then we're, we're setting it down here. And I've told this story before and you've, you've heard it. Maybe some of you have heard it. There was a man who was, who, and he was over in, in Europe and actually had gone to the grocery store to, to get some dinner. Some things for dinner and he was going to buy a rotisserie chicken. His wife had sent him to the store to buy a rotisserie chicken for dinner. So he went into the grocery store to buy this rotisserie chicken. And as he got to the rotisserie chicken area, the Lord spoke to him and said, buy two chickens. And so and he's like, I don't need two chickens. It's only one chicken. The Lord said, buy two chickens. So he got two chickens. And he's thinking the whole time, this is stupid. 
I'm going to go home. I'm going to show up with two chickens. My wife's going to say, why did you buy two chickens? We just need one chicken. Well, God spoke to me. Why would God tell you to buy two chickens? But he had two chickens. So he's proceeding to take off with the two chickens. He went and he bought them. He's walking out of the store. As he's purchased these chickens, there's another couple that's sitting outside, kind of a little bistro area outside of the grocery store. Husband and wife, and they're talking. And the husband is saying to his wife, and they're in ministry, Dear, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm tapped out. We, don't, we can't continue on. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to change everything. There's no, there's no provision. There's no supply. And I'm just going to have to quit the ministry. I'm going I'm to find something else. He goes, because you know, we, we, we have to take care of things. We've got to pay the bills. And, and, and she was like, honey, no, 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 no. This is not the time. No. And I want to tell you, God's going to take care of things. You can't, you can't step out of ministry. You've got to keep on. Just be encouraged. Don't do this. He said, no, no. I, I, I've got to do this. I'm laying ministry down. She says, God's going to come through. God will provide. God will provide. No matter what it takes, God will provide. And she said, if God has to rain quail down from heaven, he will do it. And as soon as she said that, the guy's walking by with the two chickens, and God says, give one chicken to that, pe- that couple right there. He's like, God, you've got to be kidding me. I don't even know who these people are. And I'm just saying, oh, here's a chicken. But that's what he did. He did exactly what God said. He walked over and says, hey, sorry, God said to give you a chicken. He put it on the table. Bam, it broke everything right there. Because the woman said, if God has to rail, rain quail down from heaven, he will do it. The guy walks by and says, God said, give you this chicken. They understood. God is with us. They didn't quit the ministry. They, they continued on and God worked everything out. And they went to the next level. Because of the obedience of somebody else who at the risk of being some weirdo was led by the Spirit of God. You think that was a totally unspiritual thing to do. It, it, it changed somebody's direction in life. In seemingly such a, 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 a crazy, this doesn't matter thing. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And a child of God is here. To change things. To change things. Every day, you are on assignment. Hey, this is Dr. Todd Holmes, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, whether it was myself or my amazing wife, Katie, maybe the two of us together. If you want to be more than just an occasional listener and desire to really stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this generation, go to riveroftricities.com. That's riveroftricities.com and click on Donate to be a part of the last biggest army of monthly partners that we're taking ground with. If you'd like to do that, I would like to send you a special gift for partnering with us. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. God bless you.